Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. Thank you for tuning in. This is a place where I talk about health and wellness and nutrition and everything that kind of goes in line with that. I dive into a lot of mindset, stress management, and burnout in this episode. And it's honestly coming at a very needed time in my life. So I think I've mentioned this previously in other episodes, but I have been going through kind of a stressful time. And I think I've finally, finally (laughs) been able to turn the corner, hopefully this week. And this podcast was actually recorded this week. And it was, I think it was one of those things that really did help change my mindset and change my thoughts around everything that I have been going through personally and in my business. So I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. I have been dealing with a lot of transition in my business into what I want it to be. And also like going through this transitional period in my life as well, personally right now, and just feeling like I've been burning the candle at both ends. And last week I went to California for the week and I took time off, which is also why there hasn't been any podcast episodes for a week. And I really enjoyed my time. I broke my preconception cleanse. You know, we had a bunch of wine in Napa and Sonoma and Glen Allen, which was beautiful and so much fun with friends. And then we went down to the coast and we went to Monterey, Carmel, Pebble Beach. Where else did we go? We went to Big Sur. And so we kind of just did this road trip by the ocean and it was beautiful and it was really cool. But What was interesting was I actually got sick. So we drank a bunch of wine for about three days and then I got sick and I had an eczema flare up and it was really interesting because I was kind of a mess to be honest, physically and mentally as well. And I was like, I can't believe this. Like I'm sick on vacation and I haven't had a cold in, I don't even know how long, like a very long time. And I think it just goes to show you that it's not necessarily just about, oh, you drank wine, you had alcohol, it suppressed your immune system, that's why you got sick. It's not just that. It's also this idea of leisure sickness or leisure illness. And I I just posted this on Instagram this week of this idea like when you stop and take time off and slow down, it actually, a lot of people get sick on vacation because when they're in this go, 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 and they're in this fight or flight mode, there's adrenaline and cortisol running every single day, which can almost kind of like not suppress, but kind of suppress the immune system. And then when you don't have that for a week, then it gets very heavily activated and you can get sick. And then of course, on top of that whole phenomenon is, yeah, you you are drinking, maybe you're having alcohol, maybe you're not having the normal food that you have, or maybe you are like me, like I flew there and like you're exposed to a bunch of EMF and bacteria and viruses in the airports and on the plane. And so it's interesting to kind of like have everything kind of couple and accumulate. And yeah, I got sick and I was really surprised by it. So yeah, it's interesting, but I'm back feeling better this week. I feel refreshed. I feel like I've turned a new leaf in the last couple of days. Definitely feel better physically and starting to feel better mentally. I think it's like really important to share about this type of thing, to be honest. I know there's a lot of influencers or content creators or podcasts, podcasters out there who 
don't necessarily share a lot about their personal life, but I'm kind of on the flip side where I really like to hear about the personal life of people because it makes me feel more connected to them. And it makes me feel like you're human too. And, oh, you went through that? Like, so did I. Wow. Like, I can relate to you. You know, I don't want to just, I don't want to just talk about like optimal health and how perfect everything is because it's not, it's really not. There's many times where I'm going through a difficult time physically, mentally, like with my menstrual cycle, with preconception, with like all of these different things. And obviously there's a time and place for information to be private, but I, I do try to share the hard stuff too, because I think that is important. So that's honestly reality. It was like, I was sick AF last week, hungover, and then had a cold and then had an eczema flare up. And what was interesting is like, I don't, like I just started getting eczema last year, like maybe a year and a half ago. And I've been working on it with my acupuncturist and my TCM doctor. And so I had this flare up and we were in the hot tub quite a bit. And what I've noticed is hot tubs and hot environments are definitely a, you know, something that contributes to it and makes it worse. And then we were also in the hot tub one night and I woke up and I had like red dots all on my one thigh. And it wasn't eczema because I can, eczema, I know exactly what it looks like right now. Like, or, you know, from my experience, I, I can identify it. It's itchy, makes the skin scaly. There's like a red edge and it's white in the inside. Like I know exactly what it looks like on the back of my legs. Anyway, so I got these red dots and my girlfriend who I was with, she also got them as well. So it was just like, I was just such a mess physically last week of like this rash and eczema separately and then a cold and whatnot. So I'm feeling better, which is great. And I'm going away this weekend again. I'm going to a Soyuz in BC here in Canada and I'm going to spend some time with my family and not drinking back on my preconception cleanse and happy to be doing that. Yeah. And feeling really good exercising gallon of water a day. And I've talked about my preconception cleanse before hour of movement, nutrient dense food and certain supplements that we're doing. So feeling good, feeling like I'm making a change in my mental health. Finally, I honestly like, especially after doing this podcast episode, I feel like I have been low key burnt out for the last, maybe since June, last, last few months. And there's like multiple reasons for that. I think that I've been working a ton and I think I've been lost in my direction in my business. And that's hard because it's hard to run a business without a goal or even have a career without a goal. Like what's the end place that you want to be? And for me, it was always like, I just want to build a platform. And once I get the platform, then I'll do X, Y, and Z. But now I'm at this weird place of, oh, I've built the platform. Like I'm here. Like, oh, okay, now what do I do? Right? So I'm in this weird zone. And I think that's why I've been struggling the last few months because of that. Like I, you know, I started my Instagram account in 2018. It was just an Instagram account. And my goal was, okay, like let's build this to be big enough to be able to make it into something. And then came the podcast and then came TikTok. And now I'm like, and then the newsletter and the website. And then I was seeing clients one-on-one for a while. And now I have a digital guide that is awesome and does really well. And so now I'm just at this weird point of like, okay, you have the platform and you have the business and what do you want to do? And my ultimate goal is really to support women in 
holistic health and optimizing women's health is my overarching goal. It's not necessarily just biohacking or just nutrition. And so I'm like, okay, like, let me work backwards. What's my goal for next year? Like if I, you know, get pregnant, what does that look like during mat leave? Okay. Let's work backwards from that. Okay. So I want to be able to do X during mat leave. Okay. So then right now I should be doing this and I'm just reframing everything I'm doing right now. I'm rebranding. I'm just in this like weird, I don't know, all the very energetic people listening and like people who are tapped into like the 5d world. I just feel like I'm in this, like, I don't know how else to say it, but I'm in the transition of turning a new leaf, but I haven't like fully turned it. And so it's hard because I, the last time I was in this place, it was about two years ago. And so I'm just trying to go with it and I'm trying to heal and manage the anxiety and the depression that in a very holistic, healthy way. So I don't want to sugarcoat anything. There's, I'm definitely prone to anxiety. I'm prone to overworking and overstressing and overworrying. That is like where I lie on the spectrum of mental health. Depression, not as much. My dad went through significant depression and I don't really talk about it a lot, but I've seen it really bad. Like the worst of the worst, like hospitalized bad. And it was really difficult to go through and support him as his daughter when he was going through that. So I've seen depression firsthand and what it can do and how debilitating it could be. And I feel for him, I don't know why I'm even talking about this right now, but on the other side of the spectrum, like the anxiety is, can be debilitating as well. It just looks different. So yeah, I'm healing through my anxiety. I'm doing a lot of things like healing baths, a lot of incense, a lot of ear massages and orienting myself, a lot of reducing my caffeine. I'm switching to matcha, which is less caffeine in it, and also chai tea, less caffeine than coffee. And just kind of getting out of this place of frantic energy. And it's really hard for me, to be honest. It's really hard. So Thank you for bearing with me as I just ramble about mental health. But I just want to be honest with you about the realness of running a business is the mental load is significant. It is significant. It's with you day and night, whether you're on vacation or not. It's with you. I'm sure it's with you if you're on mat leave or not, if you're a parent or not. Like It's with me all of the time of how successful I am, how things are growing, what people say, what the reviews say, all of it. It's always in your head. And so how do we turn that off? And I talk about that in this episode of creating boundaries. Like there's a difference between Brittany and my business biohacking Brittany. And even though I am the business, we need to like separate that more and there needs to be boundaries. And so for me, like, for example, this week, like I took my work email off my phone because on vacation last week in California, I was checking my work email every few hours. But the thing is, the reality is that there is no emergencies ever in my business, ever. I am not saving lives. I am not a first responder. I am not like, I'm not even close. So what on earth could an email come in that would make me drop everything and be like, oh, wow, okay, got to do this right now. It's like, no, like I can check my email on my computer once a day and 
you know, things will run fine. Like they will, no one is going to even notice, like, do you know what I mean? So those type of boundaries are important and learning not to work on weekends is a hard one for me. And that's another boundary I'm putting in because I just want to get to a place where my mental health is better. So that's what I'm working on. There's a lot of mental health work right now, a lot of stress management and stretching and feeling good in my body, I think is also important. So I hope that resonates with some of you. I think it will. And the last time I talked about my mental health and stress on my podcast, I actually had a lot of you reach out and just say, hey, thank you. Like, I needed to hear that or I'm here for you. And I I love your content. Thanks for being authentic. And and so I, I hope that you know that if you are going through anxiety or depression, like you are not the only one. We all face it in different times in our lives, in different seasons. Sometimes it's worse than others, but it can get better. And there are so many things that you can do. So many little tiny habits that you can bring in day to day so that you can feel better. So I really just want to encourage you. I'm going through it too. And I'm trying to take care of myself as well. So continue what you're doing. I hope this podcast episode really speaks to you. It's all about burnout. It's about being a, a female as an entrepreneur or climbing the corporate ladder or as a mom who's feeling like she's holding 10 plates in the air at all times and she can't give them to anybody else because they won't do it right. Or one might drop, right? And so it's all about that. It was a great episode and it was very well-timed as these things tend to be. So enjoy it. A quick shout out to the partners of this week who make this show possible. Without them, it would not be possible. So Inside Tracker, I was actually just going through, it's funny, I was actually going through my blood work today and I was looking at my ferritin levels, my iron versus ferritin and trying to understand the difference. Ferritin is like stored iron, Iron is like the active form currently in your blood. And I was looking at it just in relation to my health and things where I'm at. So I get tested with Inside Tracker every quarter. They come to my house, they do a blood test, and the data and information is so important. Whether you are in your preconception era, you're trying to conceive pregnant, postpartum, or you are premenopausal or menopausal, or as a woman, or even a man, wherever you are. The data is so valuable. Get yourself tested so that you can know where you're at and then make smarter decisions based on that. Shout out to Bioptimizers. I took their digestive enzymes with me because we definitely had a bit more going out food, like we ate out way more. And as you know, when you eat out, there can be a lot of seed oils and processed food and things. So Their digestive enzymes are fantastic. I have about three to four with every meal, especially when I go out. And then I also kind of dig into them when I am feeling very bloated. Like if I'm having digestive issues, then I'm like, okay, I need to be having enzymes every every meal for the next few days. Like let's get digestion back on track. And so that's what I've been doing with that. They also have a great sleep product. The other night I couldn't sleep. I woke up. I took a glass of water, a small glass of water, added their sleep powder in it, fell asleep within half an hour, and it was great. And this matters because their sleep powder that they have has all of the ingredients that are precursors to melatonin. So it's not like you're taking this big dose of melatonin where you wake up really groggy the next morning and you're like, ugh, like I feel like I could still sleep. 
it's just the precursors. So you'd never, ever feel like that. You still wake up feeling refreshed, which I think is, you know, super important. And a shout out to Mimeo. Again, I took this with me. This is a supplement that has four different ingredients, biomimetic ingredients in it. And it's all about longevity and aging. So biomimetic means that essentially it is the same substance or same molecule as what is already in our body. And when you take a supplement like that, that means that you cannot react to it because it's the same chemical structure. So your body just sees it as you, as like a part of you. And so they have four different of those biomimetic ingredients in their formula. And it is targeted at cellular aging and longevity and really about cellular health, which is such a hot topic right now. So I take this, I feel like I'm sharper when I take it, but I also feel like it really just covers my bases in terms of longevity. I don't want to take a lot of longevity supplements. I want to take the ones that work. And when you take this, they work together better in person. In They work together better when they are together. <laughs> man. So that is really important as well. Instead of taking them separately and randomly, you can be like, okay, let me put these together. And now they're going to be more efficient and more absorbable in the body. We're all about that. And last but not least, Prolon. I did the five-day fast. It was fantastic. I really recommend it. If you are looking to a couple things. If you are looking to do a longer fast, but you don't want to completely restrict your food, Prolon is definitely for you. It is so great for that. And then also if you are looking to get the cellular health benefits of fasting or you know you want it for weight management, it's also really great. The recommendation with the Prolon 5-Day Fast is to do it about three times a year. So I will be doing it again. And every day you eat about 800 calories. The box gets sent to you. It has everything you need right in it. So all of your food for the five days is in that box. Then you make the soups and you have the olives and all the stuff like this. So I really recommend it. I know it's really big in the biohacking world. So definitely check it out. Enjoy this podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you next week for another one. Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so excited that you are listening for another episode today. We are diving into all things burnout, mental health, physical health, nutrition, with my special guest, Raywin Guerrero, also known as the Gutsy Executive Coach, which I love that name. We are going to hear all about her journey and her recommendations for helping us slow down, how she sees burnout affecting high-performing women like myself, who is recently just gone through burnout. So this is a very applicable episode. So anyway, Raywin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And thanks for sharing about your own burnout. Like that's and that you're, that you're obviously looking to use your experience to help and uplift other women so they don't end up down the same path. Yeah. I, to be honest, I, and I like, I want to ask you about this. Like I was kind of, I don't want to say blind to it, but I kind of just thought that I was in a com- like chronic stressed state. Yeah. Like, I, I guess my question, and as I go through this myself is like, how do you know when you're just stressed from some sort of like life event or maybe work versus like, oh, you're in burnout. Like this is the bottom of the barrel. Like how do you distinguish between those two? Yeah, such a good question. And it's one that people often ask because they want to know like, well, isn't modern life just stressful? And isn't this just the state that we're running around in all the time where we're 
double or triple booked and we've got commitments, you know, with work, outside of work, and we're trying to do all the things, including take care of ourselves, take care of our loved ones, take care of a business if we're running that or, you know, devote time and energy to a career. So I would say some of the, I would like, let's go with the top sort of like three signs that your body is not playing ball with you any longer in the way that it's not able to handle stress. So one of the first signs is that, you know, at one point you kind of feel like you're superwoman, right? And you can handle anything. You've got all the energy. You're kind of wired. You wake up, you kind of, you know, spring out of bed and you're like, I can take on anything. And you go through a period like that for a little while, maybe three to six months, sometimes even a, a couple of years of feeling like superwoman. And then you start to feel, wait a second, it's really hard for me to get out of bed. I kind of need multiple cups of coffee. I feel like my bowels aren't doing their thing anymore. Like I'm not going to the bathroom the way that I used to. I'm noticing my cycle has changed. Like it's either becoming more painful or heavier. Sometimes it disappears even. That's also a sign. So irregularities in your hormones. The other thing is, you know, trying to get to sleep in the evening. This is a big one. When people are trying to wind down, they end up being all wired and their brain suddenly is like, hey, listen to me, you got, you haven't done blah, 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 blah. And you'd be like, oh crap, I've got a bunch of things on my to-do list that I didn't get done. And you're up all night ruminating on all the stuff that you got to do. So those are like three of, I, I would say the telltale signs, like you switch from being superwoman, you can take on the world to then needing a lot, you need maybe a couple hours to get ready in the morning because it's so hard or you need a lot of caffeine to get through the day. You're having that afternoon slump because your energy, so energy production is probably one of the first signs that things are not working the way they're supposed to. So, you know, normal stress is different in that way. You still have energy. You're still okay. You're still sleeping. Okay. But with burnout, your energy starts to tank either first thing in the morning or mid afternoon. And then sometimes you get a boost of energy in the middle of the evening when you should be winding tired but wired kind of thing and then you also have like those changes to your cycle that's the next thing as a woman you know one of our big clues our monthly report card is our period and if that starts changing and it's and not in a favorable way um, that's when you know like oh wait I probably need to pay attention to things because one of the first signs that our body's not doing well you know the period will tell you because if you don't have the right balance of B vitamins, if you don't have the right neurotransmitters, the right amount of hormones, and hormones are all made from amino acids. If you don't have, and you're not absorbing food because you're in a, in a state of constant stress and that has damaged your gut, and which is why you know I'm called the gut's executive coach because so much happens within the gut and how it converts into the nutrients and the hormones and the neurotransmitters that we need. You know, we need to pay attention to how we're absorbing food, not just what we're eating, because if we're not absorbing because we're in a permanently stressed state, then that can lead to a place where like, I'm not getting nutrients, and then my body's starting to become depleted, and then muscles start to become eroded, and then brain fog, and then memory loss, and then, you know, just, it just a cascade happens, right? And we want to stop that cascade before it becomes too much, because before it becomes like a full-blown illness. So the telltale signs are energy, the sleep that you're getting or the lack of sleep that you're getting, your period is your report card, your monthly report card, and then obviously your gut, how well you're breaking down and digesting food and how often you're eliminating and how well that's happening. Yeah, I love that. Those are such tangible ways to be able to assess how you're doing. I, I just think it's really interesting. Mine was like kind of like that, a little different. And I think I think it would be different for everybody. I don't think it would look the same for everybody, obviously. 
for me, I noticed that like once a week or so, I started waking up early, like let's say at like 3 a.m. And then my mind would be like, oh, I might as well just like get up and start working. Like I might as, it's like a new day. I might as well start. And that started happening. And then like, it'd be like 2 a.m. And then I'd be like, again, like I might as well just start working right now. And then I looked back and I was like, okay, I'm, how many hours am I working a week? This is insane. So like the sleep dysregulation, it wasn't that I was struggling to fall asleep. It's that I would wake myself up earlier and just like have that cortisol rush right like so too early in the morning when you're typically supposed to get it around, you know, 6, 7 a.m. I was getting it at 2, 3 a.m. and then couldn't go back to sleep and just got up and started working. And that is like something is off here. This shouldn't be happening. Exactly. And, you know, that was the other thing that I would have gone into and I'm glad you went there. So it's either you, you have trouble going to sleep or you're having this blood sugar slash cortisol dysregulation and they, the both are intrinsically linked. They're, they're linked together. So if the cortisol, when you're waking up at that two, three in the morning, very often we say it's either two things. It's one, a blood sugar issue or two, which is linked to the cortisol or two, there is some sort of underlying pathogen that is becoming active at that time. And they say around two o'clock in the morning is liver time. And that's when the body's supposed to be detoxing. And if you're waking up at that time, that means that something's either stirring, like something biochemically is stirring within you, as in like a, an unfriendly bacteria, or you've got that issue with your blood sugar dropping because you've been so stressed throughout the day. And then it's causing your cortisol to elevate. So, and then it wakes you up. So you're right, you're supposed to be waking up at around 6am with daylight, ideally, like you really should be waking up with daylight. But if you're waking up at two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning, that is also a huge clue that something is amiss and that you need to pay attention and start to rein it in and not jump out of bed and be like, I might as well start working, try and, try and soothe yourself back into a place where let me try and get back to sleep, maybe take some magnesium, you know, have a hot hot milky drink, have some tart cherry juice, some of the little tips and tricks that you can use to help your melatonin get back on track, maybe even have something to help balance your blood sugar. Very often when people say that they've got blood sugar dysregulation and that it's impacting their sleep, I'm like, well, let me, let's look at what you've been eating. Like, are you eating enough? And believe it or not, are you actually eating enough carbohydrates? Because so many people are going low carb and maybe what you need is a tiny amount of carb and a little bit of fat before bed. And that could help you stay asleep because that would help the blood sugar issue. So, and when I say carb, I mean like a good one, not like go and have a box of cookies before bed. Okay. So those are some little clues just in general. And again, everything that I'm speaking about is in general. Each person, as you've mentioned, has specific individual needs and bio-individuality always comes into play with these things. So I would say like, you know, in terms of biohacking and wanting to like, you know, hack burnout, the best thing and the number one way to do that is to actually figure out what is happening with your body specifically, rather than just listening to random podcasts and reading random magazines that are talking in general terms, look at what's happening with you specifically and doing the investigative work that that requires. And I know you and I have connected via the Women's Biohacking Conference and you heard me talk a lot about like, know your own data, collect your own data, whether that's wearing a CGM and figuring out what your blood sugar is doing, whether that's wearing an aura ring and figuring out what your sleep's doing and your heart rate and your heart rate variability and your respiratory rate. And your the other thing that's really useful from the aura ring is for a woman is your basal body temperature. So you want to be 
checking all these things. And if you find it overwhelming to do it on your own, then definitely look into working with someone who can help you demystify and decode all of this so that it's not just, oh, you've got all this data and the spreadsheets and you don't know where to begin, right? And you don't know how to, what, what, how do you navigate through all of the information? Are you tired of your hormones causing chaos in your life? Do you find yourself struggling to regulate your menstrual cycle, uncertain what supplements to take and when, or confused about the best workouts to do to maintain hormonal balance? Well, I have great news for you. I have developed a ebb and flow cycle guide, which is your ultimate solution to all of your hormonal problems. This personalized guide has been expertly crafted to address all your hormone-related issues, and it's also super easy to use. Why is it so effective? Because it's born out of personal experience and the desire to overcome irregular cycles myself. With my ebb and flow cycle guide, you'll discover a world of benefits that will transform your life. You get to say goodbye to uncertainty and confusion and say hello to a healthier, more balanced you. Inside this unbeatable guide, you'll find all the answers you need to start living in harmony with your menstrual cycle today. But that's not everything. As a special bonus, I also added in over 30 delicious, quick and easy recipes designed to help balance your hormones. With these recipes, you can take action right now and they'll help you on your journey to becoming more in sync with your menstrual cycle. There's different recipes for different phases as well as different supplements, workouts, and biohacks for each phase of the menstrual cycle. Don't let your hormone imbalances hold you back any longer. Trust me, I've been there and I wish I had this guide to help me when I was really struggling in the weeds of my hormonal chaos that I was going through. You can grab your copy of my guide right now in the podcast description or visit my website. It's super easy. It's right at the top for you to get and download today. Enjoy this episode and I will catch you in the next one. Yeah, no, exactly. That's exactly it. It is overwhelming for sure in the beginning when you have any type of wearable or do any type of test and you get the results back or you read what it says from the night before and you're like, okay, like, what does this mean? And why was my HRV lower last night? What did I do yesterday to make it like that? And it it can definitely be overwhelming. I remember I've had my aura ring for a long time, like since 2018, I think. And I remember I actually took, I think it was last year, I took a month off of tracking and using it because I found I was becoming so caught up in its recommendations and, oh, I slept badly. So this should be my workout today, but actually I feel kind of good. And maybe I do want to like lift some weights or do something more. And I, I was relying on it too much. And so I had to take a step back and learn again that my intuition is actually probably a better indicator of how I'm feeling than a tracker is. Although it is useful, I think there needs to be a combined approach, ideally. I totally agree with you. And I love that you mentioned your intuition and that you listened to your body, because that's something that, you know, we're always looking for external sources to tell us how to take care of ourselves, right? Whether that's a doctor or a wearable or the latest tech or, you know, again, the Mayo Clinic or something like they're trying to tell us how to behave or even the government, but I'm not going to go there, but um, <laughs> tell us how to look after ourselves. But are the best person to take care of yourself is you. You should be your best doctor. And my entire approach is to become the CEO of your health. And that is exactly what you're talking about. Listen to what your body's saying. If you eat certain foods and they make you tired or they make you foggy or they give you a headache and you notice, I don't feel that good or if you're bloated, 
feel crampy. These are clues your body's talking to you and it's talking to you all the time. Like that's the best feedback that you're going to get. And, you know, very recently, I just, I did a food sensitivity test about a week ago and I got the results on Friday and there was something on there that I thought like, oh my God, like that's such a good food. I can't believe like I'm not allowed to eat it, you know, because they change over time as well, right? Food sensitivities are a thing that evolve with you and how, what's going on with your gut and a bunch of other things. And in my case, carrots showed up on my food sensitivity test and I thought, man, I love carrots, but I started to think back. I said, it's kind of weird. I kind of noticed every time that I eat it, I end up having to urgently go to the bathroom. Yeah, and, and not like immediately. It's not like within like an hour or something, but there something definitely will happen within the first 24 hours where I've got like this kind of sense of like, oh boy, you know, things are moving. So I thought initially, I was like, well, it's good fiber. You know, I'm doing okay. I was like, nope, maybe it's my carrots that are creating the problem. So certain things like that, you know, just paying attention to like, is this food creating a sense of panic sometimes? Because that can happen too. Like certain foods can actually elevate your heart rate, make you breathe short, shorter and sharper. And you can feel like you're hyperventilating. I, I noticed that in the past when I have dairy, that would happen. I would end up having like my heart's like racing. And I'm like, oh, wow, like me and cheese, we don't get along. And then, you know, you do a food sensitivity test and it confirms it. So Paying attention to your body, probably the best thing you can do in becoming the CEO of your health. I love that. It's uh, easier said than done. And I think it's easy to ignore the signs until it gets to a point where you can no longer ignore it and you have to do something about it. And yeah, like I've just recently been at that point, even as somebody who tries to be as healthy as I can be, I, I think it's difficult, especially... And I'm, I'm sure you run your own business full time like I do. But I think when you're an entrepreneur, there's this stress that I haven't experienced before when I was working in other jobs that's unlike anything in terms of the pressure that you put on yourself and the outcomes that you get are directly related to how much you work and until you scale to a point, obviously. So it's so interesting, like navigating this time and so many people listening are probably entrepreneurs as well. Do you have any specific recommendations for female entrepreneurs who might be experiencing burnout right now, or maybe they're on the other side of it and they're trying to just get past it? Like, Where can we even really start if that's what your reality looks like day to day? Wow. I love that we're talking about this for female entrepreneurs because very often they're, they're wearing multiple hats, right? So you are familiar with that. So within your business, you're wearing several hats. And then outside of your business, you're wearing several hats. You're a partner, you're maybe a mother, maybe you're a dog mom, you've got fur babies or whatever, and you've got other responsibilities and things that you feel like you're juggling all the plates all the time and that there's never a minute to stop. And I feel like society has designed life to be so chaotic and so hectic to actually keep us away from what our real mission is. And I think... As a female entrepreneur, the number one thing when you want to like deal with feeling overwhelmed and burnt out is like, hey, what am I doing? Like take an audit, right? So you sit down and you work out your values and then you work out what it is you're actually spending your time doing. So you kind of have like a line down the middle of a page and one side is like, what do I value? And if you value things like time and space for, I don't know, riding my bike or meditating or playing with my kids or hanging out with my husband or my partner, whoever or hanging out with my friends or playing an instrument or doing 
And you realize that you're on the other side. It's like time allotted to those things. And you're like, oh my God, I'm spending less than like five minutes a week on any of it, right? Then you're like, okay, wake up call. Why am I doing the things that I'm doing if I'm not getting to the point where I can do the things on that left-hand side of my sheet of the paper, right? So I think doing an audit is a good place to begin without even having to go down the route of doing any lab work or any tracking just some self monitoring of like, where am I, where's my energy being channeled currently? And is it actually being into, channeled into the things that I say make me tick, the things that excite me, the things that give me joy, right? And if it's not, then you're like, all right, I need to maybe reevaluate where I'm headed, what I'm doing, how I'm doing it. Maybe I need some help doing that too, because very often even coaches need coaches. And I, over the summer that happened to me, I was in a place where I'm like, I'm being pulled in multiple directions. I'm like, I actually need someone to help me stay on track because I'm not doing enough of the things that light me up. And then how can I show up in the world being the best, happiest, most vibrant, purposeful person that I want to be for my work and for my clients and for the people in my life who I love. So sometimes we might need to just do that audit. And then when we realize like, hey, I might not be able to do all of this on my own, get help, get mentorship, get coaching, find people who can support you, people who have walked that path before you and have got the experience and can give you the guidance and steer you in the right direction. And of course you make it your own, you, you know, you take their advice or their guidance and you make it your own. So doing the audit, I think is a great first step. And I call it like, it's like an alignment audit, right? And you basically write down your values on one side and then where you're actually spending energy on the other side, like what are your activities all about? So Feel like that's probably a useful thing for anyone in any business, not just entrepreneurs, even career women, people who've got their, you know, who are climbing a corporate ladder or whatever. Like, look at where your your energy is being spent, and is it actually being spent on the things that make you take on your why? And maybe at the start, at the top of the page, you can put down like what your why is. Like, write down my why is I want to do this in the world. I'm ready to create impact in the world. I want to do. I want to help people or I want to spend more time with my family. I want to have, I want to have residual income so I can just chill out at home with my, you know, with my dogs or whatever, or go on lots of vacations. So figure out what your why is and what you're, and then look at your what. I I love that. I think that's such a good idea. It's such a, and it's so different actually when you see it on a piece of paper, like visually, because obviously right now people are listening to this can think, oh, my values are family and friends and I don't know, self-care, whatever it might be. But when you actually write down, oh, where am I spending my time? And then you can compare it like that. That's pretty sobering. Like it, it, it is to see something like that. And then, and then take that as a starting point, like you said, okay, now what do we do with this information and how am I going to change? What does this next week look like? It doesn't have to be a radical 180, but okay, maybe I don't work on the weekend this week. And there you go. And now I spend more time with my family and just like start to kind of peel back and figure out what works for you. But yeah, it's not easy, especially once you're in the spiral of just working a lot or whatever it might be that you have gotten caught up in. Yeah, that you're right about that. But I love that, you know, when you take baby steps, these micro, these micro steps in the right direction, you end up getting to where you want to go without burning out. So Micro habits are the way forward, in my opinion, and in my experience, from what I've seen. And there's a lot of good research surrounding micro habits, because, again, you know, you were saying, like, sometimes you're like, oh, my God, it's so overwhelming to have to change everything all at once. And 
you don't. You don't have to change everything all at once. You know, when I worked with my coach and when I coach people, we don't change everything all at once. We talk about like, okay, this is the end goal. This is where we want to get you to. But we're going to work backwards, basically, from there. So Stephen Covey says, begin with the end in mind. That's literally what you're going to do. It's like, okay, now I know where I'm supposed to go. And I have a GPS aimed at that. And then the roadmap is going to be mapped out between you and the coach or you and whoever, you and yourself. You're going to be like, okay, this week I'm going to, you know, wake up and go outside and get sunlight for 20 minutes before I start doing anything else. Or tomorrow I'm not going to eat at my desk. I'm going to actually eat with a friend or connect with someone. And, you know, human connection is another big part of, of burnout or the lack of human connection, the amount of screen time that we end up having nowadays because of the fact that everything has been has pivoted to being online. The more you spend time with real life people and that you've got opportunities for, for human touch, oxytocin is stimulated by human touch and oxytocin directly counteracts cortisol, which is the stress hormone. So the more opportunities you have for being in people's company where whether it's a loved one, you know, a child, a pet, whatever, holding on to a dog, stroking it, it lowers blood pressure. So these are all tangible things that people can do. Having a partner that you love who's, who will cuddle you in the evening or whenever or in the morning and you have time and you, you have connection time. Connection time is vital for us as human beings. It's vital. And, you know, maybe you're single. If you're not having physical touch with another human, maybe go get massages. Those are things that can actually help stimulate the production of oxytocin and it can help counteract the effects of cortisol. Are you looking for a way to nourish your body while reaping the benefits of prolonged fasting without the hassle? Look no further than the Prolon 5-Day Fast. We get it. You want the health benefits of fasting, but life gets in the way. That's where Prolon steps in as the solution. This groundbreaking nutrition technology has been meticulously designed and clinically tested by 14 global universities. It provides your body with the incredible cellular, metabolic, and emotional advantages of prolonged fasting, all while enjoying real food. Here's the beauty of it. Prolon offers transformation in five-day cycles. Just five days on and 25 days off, and you'll start experiencing rejuvenation, longevity, and a path to healthier living. What makes Prolon truly exceptional is that the optimal results are achieved with three consecutive cycles. That's where the magic happens. Prolon is even patented for its incredible effects on healthy aging, triggering cellular rejuvenation and autophagy, the body's natural process for cellular self-cleansing. But it's not just about aging gracefully. With Prolon, you can look forward to fat-focused weight loss, an improved sense of well-being, and a transformed relationship with food, which is really important. And if you're worried about your skin showing the signs of time, fear not. In just three cycles of Prolon, you can enjoy healthier, younger-looking skin with reduced fine lines and wrinkles. Ready to take charge and try it today? I definitely recommend you do so. You can follow the link in my show notes or on my website to try it yourself and use my discount code biohackingbrittany to get a discount at checkout. So that is the Prolon 5-Day Fast. I really recommend it. I've done it once and I'm going to do it a couple more times coming up in the next few months just to get the most benefits. And I hope you do as well. I love that. Yeah, I definitely feel that when I pet my dog, Moose, it's like this little, like he lies on the couch and then I go lie beside him and I pet him and I feel so much better within seconds because it is that oxytocin release 
And it's like, it's so funny because when I'm in a bad mood, because I understand how this works, I go to him and I'm like, I need my oxytocin. Like, come here. Like, <laughs> you are like, this is a drug and I need it from you. <laughs> like, and so, yeah, it, it's really special. And I really encourage people to actually get pets if they can. It, there's so many health benefits associated with it. Like, not even just oxytocin. But I think it's just, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think it's so important. I'm curious about your own personal story with burnout. So I know you kind of had your first, or maybe it's, maybe it was your first and only, I don't know, but I know you had this like burnout a moment in your life. Was that your first and only one when that happened? And what did that look like for you? All right. So let's answer this question in reverse. So I'm going to talk about the, so there's more than one. But let's let's work backwards because the most recent one actually was last year. I had been triple vaccinated to enter the United States. And after that, my hormones tanked completely. Oh, man. And it's taken, took about six months to kind of get back on track because, you know, I wasn't seeing as many clients that I normally would. At one point, I was seeing sort of like 15 people a month and I kind of trickled it down to like, I'm going to see two clients. I don't really need to see. To, to work with anybody more than that, because I was also doing, you know, it's not just the clients that you see. It's like, you know, you've got to do podcasts, you've got to write blogs, you've got to write yeah. Everything had to kind of go on hold apart from only the things that didn't require a ton of energy is what I was ending up doing. So the most recent one was post vaccination. The first one, the first one that was diagnosed and that I actually had to physically take time out for was in 2016. And that's when I was in London. I was working in a corporate wellness job and I'd had a diagnosis of IBS. I'd had some unexplained infertility, a bunch of other things, anxiety, insomnia, migraines. Like there were a bunch of a cluster of symptoms that were all clues to the fact that my body was not happy. And unfortunately, you know, when you're going to doctors, they're their MO, you know, they're great in an emergency. And I always say like doctors are great for a gunshot wound or a broken leg or a heart attack, but they're not going to help you prevent the heart attack. <laughs> and obviously they have nothing to do with the gunshot wound, but you, they're not going to help you like prevent any of the, you know, like the unexplained infertility. They just, they were all stumped. They were just like, well, you know, if you want to have a baby, you're probably going to need to like do tons of rounds of IVF. And I'm like, there's no reason why my body should be behaving this way. And of course, this was before functional medicine for me too, right? So like 2017 was when I ended up studying functional medicine. So I, you know, I was kind of reliant on them for information, for guidance, for insight into what was happening with me. And they weren't able to give me very much apart from like, well, you know, your labs all look okay. So it must be in your head. Like maybe you should go see a psychiatrist. And that was super depressing as well. So you know, my big moment happened in 2016. And it was a, a bunch of things all at once. You know, I'd had like five line managers in four years. And my grandmother died, I broke my ankle, like literally all at the same time. Wow. Yeah, literally all at the same time. And I'm like, I was very close to my grandmother. So when that happened, I just had a, a literal come to Jesus moment. Like, what am I my life? Like, is this what I'm going to be living like living in a, a two by four apartment in central London that I'm paying through the wazoo to live in? And commuting on the train every day and hustling and, you know, working 15 hours and 90 hour weeks and sleeping for five hours a night and trying to keep on top of a fitness routine and a social life. It was just exhausting. And that was, you know, it showed up in terms of my gut being very unhappy. I wasn't breaking down food, digesting properly. My hormones as a result being unhappy. Like I said, everything kind of starts if 
you're not breaking down your food, then your hormones aren't going to play ball with you. So no wonder, because I wasn't absorbing nutrients, so that I couldn't, I could never make a baby because I wasn't absorbing any nutrients. And I wasn't sleeping either, which also creates an extra stress on the body. You know, sleeping five hours a night, we know anything less than sort of like seven hours in the, and within the right window as well. And that was it. I was going to bed at like one in the morning, waking up at like five and then going for a run, thinking I was doing myself well and then going for a two hour spin class in the evening or hot yoga, not realizing like I'm, I'm already tanking. I don't need to be doing these types of activities. So that was my first burnout. But the, the, like I said, when I hit rock bottom was when I started questioning, like, what am I doing? And how can I turn this around? And, you know, luckily functional medicine found me and I was able, I think I saw Mark Hyman in, in London. I went to one of that, you know, I was running wow. a well-being program. So I, you know, when you're doing a well-being program, you're kind of plugged into that world anyway. So he was in London doing a talk. I went to the talk and my brain was like, oh my God, this is what I need to be doing instead. This is where I'll actually make a difference in people's lives, not just the checkbox exercise. That's unfortunately a corporate well-being program. Um, although I'm sure there are many good corporate well-being programs out there, but at the time, the one that I was involved in, I wasn't really moving the needle on anybody's health and I was wrecking mine. So I needed to take some authority and take my take back um, my health. And that's why I want to help people do the exact same thing, because very often either a partner or a boss or something toxic is in your life that's robbing you and stealing from you, stealing your energy and your joy and your zest for life and keeping you sick and tired and everything that I do now is about making sure that people don't stay in that place that yes it, it will happen it can happen but you don't have to stay there and you don't have to rely on you don't have to be dependent or listen to the diagnosis that oh there's something wrong with you and it's in your head because ultimately yes my blood work for the doctors didn't show very much but when I did all the functional labs and I saw that I didn't have the right balance of good bugs. In fact, I had this overgrowth of bad bugs and not enough good bugs and that I had a porous gut. It was leaky and I had no, I had no enzymes to break food down. My pancreas and my liver and gallbladder were not happy. So there was all this stuff that the functional labs were able to show me that the doctors couldn't see with the blood work. And very often when people come and they say, hey, I've had all these labs and everything's normal and nobody knows what's wrong with me. I'm like, well, if you have symptoms, everything's not normal. If you got symptoms, that means we got to do deeper work and the blood work is just a snapshot and it's not going to tell you how things are functioning per se, which is why I love what I do with functional medicine. I love being a health detective. I love that. Yeah, I relate to to uh, so much of your story, especially with like functional medicine. I'm actually looking at studying functional medicine myself now because I it's been on my radar for a long time. and. I originally, I wanted to do naturopathic medicine like years ago, and then it just didn't, it didn't work out. And I, anyway, I didn't end up doing it. And I'm a nutritionist now, but I've been looking at, okay, where do I want to take my practice and my business? And I've always been interested in functional medicine. So I think that's going to be something that I look into and start ideally maybe this year or maybe in January, depends on the institution and school and stuff. But I love what they do. And I think it's so interesting to take a, a root cause approach to this, which is not how you would typically approach burnout. Like, I guess the narrative that I hear, the common narrative in the spaces that are not biohacking or functional medicine is like, oh, you're burnt out. Okay, take a vacation, 
work less and have a positive mantra that you say to yourself every day. And you know what I mean? And, and that's it. Like it's kind of this, like, I don't want to say it's a band-aid approach, but it's almost like a bit superficial. Whereas like, I'm curious about like, how do you apply functional medicine to burnout in a way that is actually like, let's get to the bottom of this and let's get better results. Oh my God. I love that we are talking about this because that's one of my biggest bugbears. Like I said, I think I I was telling you at the start that I've been on a lot of burnout podcasts and they all are in that vein where it's like, well, you're burnt out. Maybe you need to sleep more. Maybe you need to do it up. Like you don't realize that when you get to the point of burnout, so many systems in your body are starting to shut down. They're starting to fail, right? So that's why you need to, yes, for sure, we need a mindset approach, but we need to pay attention to the fact that we are, we might be energetic beings, but we're also completely biochemical, physical beings and the physical and biochemical require a ton of support. You can't kumbaya your way out of burnout. I I tried and it didn't work. And that was one of the things I forgot to mention at this when we were just talking about my experience. I had trained as a hypnotherapist to help people with anxiety. And when I was going through my own stuff, I was meditating every single day. You know, I'm telling myself positive affirmations and I could get through this and I have armor on around me and I'm a buffer and I'm whatever. And, you know, building yourself up with psychological uh, affirmations and they're great, but I had physical things going on with me. Like I had an overgrowth of pathogenic bacteria. And the reason these things happen as well. So just because you're exposed to pathogenic bacteria doesn't mean you'll always get it. And, you know, you and I had mentioned this at the start before we hit the record button. Two people going through the exact same experience, one gets sick and the other one doesn't. Why is that, right? Is it because of somebody's mindset or is it because of someone's biochemical makeup, right? So yes, so mindset might buffer you temporarily, but if you are being exposed to, let's say, you know, so why would two people who are experiencing a similar situation both have a different experience of that situation, right? What does that have to do with? So I want to give you a quick story. So I had a client who came in. It was actually a young 14-year-old boy who was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune thyroid condition, like a slow thyroid. And he and his mother, you know, his mother's a woman in her 30s. He's uh, actually she's in her 40s and he's in his teens. And they both, they're eating the same food. They're experiencing life in the same way. They go swimming in the same lake. They live in Colorado. But he has tremendous gut issues and she doesn't, right? He's having problems with digesting. He's got no energy and his thyroid is not behaving the way that it's supposed to. His hormones are out of whack. And this is a young person. He's supposed to be up and playing with his friends and have loads of energy, right? And then the mom who's in her 40s has got more energy than the teenager. So why would that happen? Now, when I ran his labs, you know, he had an overgrowth of, I think three, he had three parasites, a bunch of other things going on, his minerals, he was completely depleted minerally. And that would make sense because if he's got parasites and his minerals, he doesn't have the right levels of minerals. And that would be, that would impact the thyroid in a huge way. So he was hypothyroid with an autoimmune illness and his mother was healthy, doing well, despite doing all of the same things, right? Like they would go swimming together and all. And I asked, I said, well, where do you think you got these parasites from? Do you guys have a well? Do you, you know, she's like, well, we swim, you know, every summer we go swimming in the lake. And I'm like, all right, so both of you go swimming in the lake, but one of you's got parasites and the other one doesn't. So why would that happen, even though they've both been exposed to the exact same stressor? Well, one, his immunity and his immune system 
probably isn't developed well enough. And in the case of someone, let's say in a corporate environment, if you're not sleeping the right amount, if you are stressing more than other people, then you become more susceptible to stressors like pathogens and parasites and mold and heavy metals and those kinds of things, right? And, and that's another thing, like certain environmental toxins can actually become a stressor and damage things like your gut and make you more susceptible to certain bugs. So being mindful of the physiological, the environmental, the biochemical, and the psychological those are all the things that play into the way a person's going to experience the world and how susceptible they are to things like the growth of gut bacteria or, and, and again, the gut bacteria, I always harp on it because it's so important. If you think about the, the gut and the fact that you've got up to 90% of your serotonin is actually being produced there, that's huge for people who are struggling with mood and cognition issues as well, right? Dopamine. Dopamine is produced there, 50% of your GABA is produced there. And those are all neurotransmitters that help regulate things like your mood, your ability to relax, and your happiness levels and ability to concentrate as well. So if those are out of balance, because your gut is being tormented by whatever you're exposing it to, and also potentially other things in your environment, you know, people, situations, etc, that might be making you more stressed than you should be, it will deplete things like your good levels of bacteria and your neurotransmitters as well. Let's talk about getting the remarkable benefits of fasting without the daunting commitment of long-term fasting. As a dedicated professional, always on the lookout for ways to enhance my health and well-being, I've explored intermittent fasting extensively. And if you're a listener of the podcast, you know this. However, I've often found myself pushing the boundaries and experiencing adverse effects such as sleep issues and energy slumps and also hormonal issues. While intermittent fasting did offer some positive outcomes initially, like many of us, I struggled to incorporate it long term without it really disrupting my daily life. However, my life has recently taken a turn for the better, all thanks to Mimeo. This is the world's first biomimetic supplement. This incredible innovation is the accumulation of years of rigorous clinical research, meticulously designed to replicate the effects of a 36-hour fast at the cellular level, which is wild. With Mimeo, I can now experience the holistic benefits of fasting without enduring prolonged periods of hunger and deprivation. Are you intrigued about the benefits? Let's get into it. First and foremost, Mimeo activates your cells' innate regenerative capabilities, much like fasting itself. This translates to optimized metabolism and better control over hunger, which a lot of us really value if we're trying to watch our weight. Secondly, it significantly boosts energy levels and accelerates recovery, making it an absolute game changer for active individuals like myself. Thirdly, Mimeo elevates mood and sharpens mental clarity, enabling us to be at our absolute best every single day. I definitely notice this, especially when I take it right before work in the mornings. The icing on the cake is that Mimeo's formulation is exclusively derived from molecules naturally produced by our own body. This means it is very, very safe because it is in perfect harmony with our biological system, delivering optimal effectiveness. Still not convinced? Mimeo offers a 100% happiness guarantee. That's right. There's absolutely nothing to lose. 
So for all of my fantastic listeners out there, if you want to give Mimeo a try and add it to your supplement stack, I really suggest you do so. And you can do that by using my discount code biohackingbrittany for 10% off for the first three months of your subscription, which is awesome. Join me along with countless others who are on the path to revolutionizing their health with Mimeo. Bid farewell to the challenges of long-term fasting and usher in a healthier, happier version of yourself, which we always love. Thank you for listening. And always remember, when it comes to optimizing your health, Mimeo holds the key. Visit their website, link to my show notes and on my website as well, and embark on your journey towards a better you now. It's so, it sounds so complicated, honestly, like it, it sounds like a lot for the average person to think about all these different things in terms of neurotransmitters and gut bacteria and food and their environments and psychology. Like it's so complex and the human body is so complex that it makes sense that it takes a while for burnout to actually occur or like for that level of stress to actually occur because I think it is so complex that you, you almost just wouldn't feel it right away. Like it's like a snowball, right? Like just going down the mountain that slowly gets bigger and bigger. Like I just find it interesting that, like you said, like you can have two people in the same situation and experience something so different, but what was their history like? And we don't know necessarily what their health looked like day to day for the past few years that led them to that point. And so it's just, it's just complex. And I can't help but think that the average person might just be overwhelmed by this. Like, and, and that's the point as well, I guess, is that if you are at this point of burnout and you think, oh, to get out of this, I need to do all of these things, which also just feels overwhelming. What are you supposed to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, it feels like the way out itself is overwhelming and the way that you got there is overwhelming as well, I guess. Yeah, well, that's why I always say, like, if you look at an elite athlete, they've got a, they've got a lot to do, right? They've got a ton of things that they need to do in order to be able to perform at a high level and, and to be able to compete and to win and to be successful at their at what they're doing. And I look at people in life who were the same, like we need to be and, and elite athletes, they have got support all around them, people taking care of their food, people taking care of their um, musculoskeletal needs, like making sure that they're going to yoga, you know, I was thinking of like all the famous tennis players, they have like these huge teams around them. And the average human, yes, it's a lot to, to take in, but that's why you don't do it alone. The whole point is like, don't do this alone. Because even though yes, you are the best person to know what's going on with your body. When you know something's up and you could tune into it and you don't know how to figure it out, go get the help that you need and work with someone who is trained to look at your body as a symphony as opposed to, because the problem with doctors and the current medical model is that they look at diseases. They don't look at the person. So they're treating paper and they're not necessarily looking at the person, the person who's in front of them. And very often people will send me DMs and ask me, how do I deal with this problem? I don't know, let's just give an example, you know, heavy periods. I'm like, well, who's the person who has the heavy periods? Because I can't give you an, an answer for that, right? I can't give you an answer that would be realistic to you because there might be some kind of blanket answer for it, but it's not going to be the right answer for you necessarily because you might have heard that expression, one man's meat is another man's poison. So one person might do really well on a certain type of protocol or diet, and then another person might really tank on it. So 
the idea behind all of this, if I could get anything over across to your listeners, is that don't do it alone. Work with somebody who helps you figure out exactly what you should be doing, right? Whether that what whether that's what you're eating, how you're sleeping, how you're moving, because even movement is a funny one and that can lead to burnout. And I think in my story I was saying I was doing, you know, waking up to go for a 5K run in the morning at 5 a.m. and then going to a spin class thinking that I'm being healthy because I'm moving at the start and the end of my day. But for my body that was already so depleted, and most people nowadays are so depleted, they shouldn't be doing high-intensity activities like that for long periods of time, right? More restorative activities, yin yoga, restorative Pilates, breath work, those are the types of things that, you know, going for walks as opposed to hardcore 5K runs and spin classes, they're not going to be good for someone who's struggling. So exercise is another huge part. And we could spend a whole episode talking about all the, the mishaps that I see from people who are thinking they're doing themselves a favor by going for a run or doing um, a marathon or a, a 10K or whatever, and then realizing like a screwed up my knees I'm injured I've hurt this I've hurt that and like well there's a reason why because one if you're sitting all day and then you decide to go and run for an hour that's no good for you either because your hip flexors are screwed from being in one position all day and then if you decide you're going to go and do high intensity interval training on a bike for 45 minutes or in my case it was like I'm going to go from five o'clock to seven o'clock after work for, for a spin and I wonder why like why can't I sleep why am I yeah. not bringing down food? <laughs> Exercise is also a huge piece, personalizing that and working with someone who understands like the circadian rhythms and the cycles of a body and then your individual body and what it might need because eventually you might be able to get back up to that. So like, you know, spinning or whatever, but ideally you don't want to do it at five in the afternoon because that's when your cortisol is tapering off. So you want to be doing it at a time like either in the morning when your cortisol is peaking. So I think all that to say it might be complicated, but it's actually pretty simple when you think about it. It's just like, listen to what's going on with you. If you realize that it's out of whack, go find somebody who's going to look at your individual data and do the types of labs that I've been mentioning, you know, looking at your your cortisol levels and your sex hormones, your progesterone, your estrogen, your testosterone, your DHEA, looking at the pathways as well, and who will decipher all of that for you and distill it down into a format that's easy for you to digest and create that roadmap with you to help you get to where you want to go, which is ultimately you want to live longer, you want to live better, and you want to look and feel great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And yeah, I think what you said is so true. I have a few friends, I actually just spent a week with one of them last week. I was in California. And she is so type A and like, that's how she identifies. And she was talking to me about being type A and stuff. And I can also be very type A. So I, I get it. But I also understand like the type A mindset and the type A way of living just runs down your body. And I've been there and I was, and I just see, I just saw it in her and and, and we're talking, right? And there's no judgment or anything like that. But she's like talking exactly like you said, like gets up, goes for a run in the morning, works, has coffee, has more coffee. And she's talking to me about getting pregnant and how the hardest thing is going to be because you're not supposed to have a lot of coffee when you're pregnant. And like, those are the conversations we're having, right? And I'm like, okay, girl, like, you know, you call me when you get to that point. I'm going to help yeah. you because life is going to force you to slow down. And so... 
I love that in your work, you actually emphasize slowing down. And I would love for you to talk more about that. And some, honestly, some like practical strategies of like, what does that actually look like? Like in a week for a woman, let's say she's in her fertile years and she has a a career, like what does that look like? Or maybe she's a mom. I don't know, but I'm just saying like, what does that look like in terms of, Hey, I have balance in my life and I'm slowing down, but I am still successful at my job, successful as a mom, as a partner. Like, what do you recommend for that? Well, I think one of the first things I want people to understand is that you're never going to be perfect all of the time. So the perfectionism that you're going to have it right every single day, just throw that out of the window, right? We're working with 80-20. If you can get it right 80% of the time, you're doing better than most people. And that's actually going to be better for you than being the type in that type A kind of mindset of like, I've got to, I've got to have everything. I've got to have it all, right? I've got to have the kick-ass job. I've got to have the kick-ass relationship, the kick-ass house, the kick-ass kids. Everybody's like, just throw all that out of the window, throw out the perfectionism, throw out the comparing and despairing attitudes as well, because that's another big driver for type A types because they're like, oh, wait, everybody else is getting ahead. They're getting ahead faster than me. I need to be leading the pack. And they're in that space of putting themselves last because they want to be first ahead of everybody else, right? And when I say putting themselves last, putting their health last, and you know, you talked about life is going to force your friend to slow down. I hate that that's going to happen because that's unfortunately exactly what does happen. Like if you do not make time for wellness, you will be forced to make time for illness. So from her perspective and for all the type A's who are listening out there, like take this as a cautionary tale, you know, um, sometimes your biggest wake up call could be a heart attack. Like you might have no symptoms and then there's a heart attack that hits you. You know what I mean? So being mindful of like time to breathe, waking up and getting the sunlight, moving out of cities. I think like, I know everybody can't do that immediately, but have some kind of exit plan, have some kind of plan where you are like, you know what? I'm not going to live in a concrete jungle for the rest of my life. This is not good for my health. There's actually, there's so many studies that have proven that if you look at glass and steel, it actually revs up your nervous system and escalates cortisol levels. And that if you look at scenes with, you know, water and mountains and trees and greenery or the ocean, it actually gets your heart rate to lower and reduces cortisol. So spending more time outside, very simple, free, you don't need a functional medicine test for this, just go outside. (laughs) So looking at what does balance look like? How much time have I spent in the sun today? How much time have I spent connecting with friends today? How much time have I spent laughing today, right? How much time have I, again, back to the things that light me up. How much time have I spent doing things that light me up? So doing that audit, maybe at the end of each day, practicing some gratitude, very, very transformational in my experience, even people dealing with severe mood disorders like depression or anxiety. Gratitude is a state shifter. It doesn't happen immediately, but like anything, you know, like you don't go to the gym and suddenly lift weights and then you got muscles, you got to work at it. So you will work at your gratitude practice. You will work at your breath work. You will work at slowing down. The breath is one of the easiest ways as well to start bringing the body back into balance. So breath work, gratitude, find carving out time. And in fact, for people who are listening, I actually do a talk on this, but I'm going to condense what, you know, you're going to get the gist of it. I get everybody to pull out their phones and I'm like, okay, look at your calendar and look at where you can build in. 15 minute blocks or 10 minute blocks. And I have a download and I can, I can give this to your users if you like on 
it's a 10 minute reset and it's how to create a positive mind within 10 minutes. Right. So you can listen to that and you can block out your 10 minutes, whether that's in the morning. I personally find in the morning tricky because when I wake up, I have so many things on my to-do list that I want to just jump into and get done. So I kind of wait until about like 10 or 11 o'clock. Now I do work for myself. So I know this is my, might not be everybody else's experience, but like if I wake up at six, I'm getting up, getting all my stuff done, making my smoothies, da, 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 sitting at my desk. And then once I feel like I've gotten enough off my plate, then I will go and have my 10, 15 minutes of breathing, practicing gratitude, closing my eyes and feeling basically getting into a more positive state as well. So 10 minutes a day, pop that into your calendar, open it up on your phone, block it out, block it out throughout the day. If you notice that you've got like a lot of meetings that are back to back to back, look at where you can be like, hey, I'm going to need 15 minutes between these things or even like a good half an hour to maybe have a human minute, like eat, um, breathe, get away from your desk, not stare at a screen. So, you know, balance looks like the lesser screen time, more time outside, more time connecting with people that you love, more time breathing slowly, as opposed to hyperventilating while you're at your desk or you're scrolling on your phone, less screen time. So I think that's like five things right there that people could do very easily that that are leading you in the right direction toward being more balanced. The hardest thing for me is to shut off my mind at night when I want to sleep. And it is funny because I, I wake up tired already thinking of when I'll go back to bed. And on the exact moment I lay my head on the pillow, it feels like a machine of crazy. What if thoughts is turned on? Does this ever happen to you? Let me tell you my secret to deal with this. You have already heard of magnesium breakthrough by bioptimizers, which I talk about all the time and how it's great for sleep and promoting calmness and relaxation. What I found out is that the brains behind magnesium breakthrough have taken it to the next level with a product specifically designed for sleep. And it is called sleep breakthrough. And it has been a total game changer for me. Sleep breakthrough is a delicious pre-bed drink that combines the power of magnesium with other natural ingredients like valerian root to help us fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer, and wake up feeling refreshed. Since I started taking Sleep Breakthrough, I've been waking up feeling well-rested, energized, and ready to tackle the day ahead. I highly recommend giving it a try. Trust me, it really works. This is exactly what I take, especially on the nights when I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't fall back to sleep. I will take one scoop of this in my water, and then I'm asleep within a half hour. You can visit sleepbreakthrough.com slash biohackingbritney in order now. And in addition to this, you can use my promo code biohackingbritney and you will get extra gifts at purchase that are secret and you have to go to the page to find out what those are. So sleepbreakthrough.com slash biohackingbritney to get your sleep breakthrough and enjoy. Yeah, I love that. I have talked about that and thought about a lot of those things very frequently. Um, what's stopping you from putting it into practice? Let's get, let's coach. I honestly, I do, I do put quite a bit of it into practice. One thing that we, my husband and I are talking about right now is moving and like what that's going to look like. And that's a big thing for us right now. We both work from home and we both work online and we honestly, we can both work from anywhere. So it's kind of, and we live in a expensive city in Vancouver in Canada. And we're kind of at this point of like, we love it here. We do. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I really want to be in nature more. And I want to have better work-life balance and 
be kind of out of this whole hustle and bustle that tends to happen, especially in big cities in North America. So we have this conversation a lot. We've looked at a lot of places. We haven't decided yet, but I don't know if it'll be in Canada. We've also looked at like Costa Rica and going to Central America. Anyway, I'm going on a tangent, but that's, but you know, this is what a lot of people do need to think about. Like, where do you want to enjoy your life? And if if it's in a city where it's expensive, taxes are expensive, you know, whatever it is, like everything's just like a squeeze on you. Yeah. Where could you live? That's better. Right. That's nicer. That's cleaner, better air, better community. Um, where people actually care about you, you know, cities, unfortunately, I don't think they bring out the best in humans. And, you know, I lived in an apartment building for about 10 years and I did not know my neighbors and I didn't want to get to know them and they didn't want to get to know me. We saw each other in the elevator on the way down. <laughs> Everyone would avoid eye contact, you know, and it was the same thing. Like you're, you know, you're getting on a train to go into work. You're avoiding eye contact with everyone. You're putting in your headphones because you don't want to hear anybody else's conversations. You don't want anyone to talk to you. It's like you're, you do not disturb is on. So cities don't bring out the best in humans. You don't want to connect with the people around you because you're on top of each other. And, you know, Vancouver looks like a pretty place. Like it looks like it would be a nice place. But if the culture is that everything's just hustle and bustle, then why would you want to do that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right? And especially there. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as we like talk about having kids as well. I'm just like, I don't know if this is the healthiest place for them to grow up, like it is a pretty healthy place, like in terms of like compared to Toronto and other places. But again, it's like, okay, it's, we're probably better off more in the countryside somewhere. Like we live right by the ocean here, but like you said, less pollution, less traffic, less noise at night, less bright lights on the street shining into our apartment. <laughs> like It's all these things. And so we're, we're thinking about it and it's on our radar. And I, I think that's, I think that's the right place for where it should be right now as, as we kind of navigate it. But I think a lot of people I think that's like actually one of the good things that came out of the pandemic was a lot of people moved away from cities and were like, oh, I actually don't want to be in this area. Yeah, completely. I think you talked about Costa Rica, but I don't know if you knew I was living in Mexico during the... So- during the pandemic, I, I got to Mexico. And I, this is something that I want to share with people. For anyone who feels stuck or feels like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to have the energy to do any of these things, to pack up a life and start all over. If you feel overwhelmed just at the thought of that, it's like, that's a clue as well that you need to pay, pay attention. And for me, I was able to take on all of that because I had worked on reclaiming my health and getting it back, right? The unfortunate thing was that, you know, to enter the United States, I ended up having to like, I got set back by, you know, the vaccinations did not make me feel good. I did not do well with them. However, because I know everything that I know, I've been able to recover from mostly most of the side effects of that. And yes, it is a work in progress, but I definitely have my energy back. Like I've done my repeat labs. A lot of my markers are in a much better place than they were back in October, 2022, when it was all very recent. So I know that I'm healing, that my body's getting stronger and that it's not going to take me the the years or decades that it might be taking some people to recover from some of these things, right? Because of the knowledge of the things that I know now and because of the labs that I like to run and because of the way that I've now set up my life that I can live. You know, I've set up my life where I can wake up in the morning and go outside for an hour and spend sitting in the sun having tea or coffee or whatever and being able to enjoy that and having connection with my husband before I get to my desk. You 
know, and I'm not rushing off to the next thing. And the reason I've been able to do, and in fact, I even met my husband because of functional medicine. If I hadn't reclaimed my health in 2017, I would never have been traveling in 2019 because that was it. I started traveling all the time. I was able to travel because I'm like, I have a laptop business now. I can live and work from anywhere and I can go to conferences from anywhere. And because of that, I met him in Texas. I was living in England. I met him in Texas and here I am years later. And I was able to live in Mexico during the pandemic so I could be close to him because I wasn't allowed to enter the United States, but I was able to stay in Mexico, which was only a two hour flight for him to come and see me so that we could keep our relationship going. So having your health back opens up so many doors to you, getting a handle on it and being able to, you know, you all my life back in England, I was just thinking of how small and contracted it was compared to how expansive it is right now. Aww. I love that. I'm glad. I'm very happy for you. That's that's awesome. And I'm glad you put in the work to to get the life that you want. And even though it was difficult and even though you had to go through such hard times to be able to get to that point. My last question for you is I noticed that you did, I don't know if you did official training. I think you did in hypnobirthing. Is that true? Yeah, that is true. I did a hypnobirthing course in 2010. Okay. I just, have you, I guess, like participated in in any hypnobirths or trained people or like, can you just briefly touch on this? And the only reason I ask is that I'm in my like preconception era. So I'm like starting to look into these different birthing techniques. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, I just have to get her two cents on this. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, no, I loved my hypnobirthing training. I I had maybe like at the start, you know, I was so just to backtrack, like 2010, I was married to someone else in England and we split up. And that's when I, I went on this whole eat, pray, love year. Like I, you know, I went, I went to Israel twice. I went to, where did I go? There were a bunch of places that I went. I went to Scotland to do my hypnobirthing training. There were a couple other places that I went traveling to because I wanted to just see the world. And my ex-husband did not want to do anything. So the minute I was free, I was like, I'm on a plane and I'm going to places that I want to and do things that I want to do. And hypnobirthing was a big part of that because I believed that a woman, well, one, I understood that the fear, there's something called a fear, tension, pain cycle. Like if you believe that you have something to be afraid of, then your body starts priming yourself for fear and starts elevating your heart rate. And then you start on your blood pressure and all these other factors start to, you know, you're primed for it. So you, you learn to expect it. So I loved the fact that you could tap into the, to tap into, you know, you can train your mind to not expect fear and to therefore not experience pain. And I went in initially very naively thinking it was all going to be about pain management. But what I got from it that was so incredible they showed us people having natural birth so we got to watch a lot of videos and things and people giving birth with like dolphins in the black sea i didn't even know there were dolphins in the black sea but like these women in russia giving birth with these dolphins and it was just so incredible to witness them in a state of bliss going through this as opposed to what we see on television what we hear from friends and people who are like oh worst pain of your life blah 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 you know and you're like crap like that's setting myself up for but there there are people who have I'm gonna say this orgasmic births full births and I know it's very if everyone's gonna be like what are you talking about <laughs> what are you talking about? and I helped a couple of women back then but because I was in this place in my life where I had left my ex-husband and I didn't really have the you know I was in that place where I'm like I have to work I have to have a day job I'd done the training 
but I needed the day job. So it never really took off as a practice. I had like one or two, maybe three clients in total who were trained. But the thing is with a hypnobirth is that someone doesn't come into the room with you, right? Like you're, you do like a course from like week 20. Once you get to 20 weeks, you do five weeks of training as the, um, so I teach people within that 20 to 25 weeks. And then they go off and they practice. And usually the partners are involved. Like you've got to have whoever's going to be in the birthing room with you. They're going to be part of it as well. So so it is beautiful. I never really went anywhere with it. But I do love that now I help women get into the best shape of their lives so that when they are ready to have a baby, they can do that. And maybe it's something that I'll pick up again in the future. Yeah, I mean, I actually know one or two people who have had orgasmic birth, which was very interesting to to hear. They were like, yeah, my first one was a a normal birth where, you know, I had drugs and an epidural and blah, blah, blah. And then second one, I did hypnobirthing and it was bliss and it was like three hours and it was so easy and beautiful. And yeah, he was crying, but like in a good way, you know, it's quite miraculous to witness. So like I said, I went in looking for like pain management with like my science head on and came out with my heart blown wide open from the whole thing. Like it was so beautiful I thought, my God, women are amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You found appreciation for the female body and for my mother. You know, I, she and I did not have the greatest relationship when I was growing up. And when I saw like, my my God, this is, these are the things that she went through that her body was going through. Like, wow. Wow. And she did it five times. God bless her. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So I think when you do the training and even if you work with somebody who's going to guide you on that, they're going to teach you so much about how powerful your body is and how it responds to suggestion. And, you know, I did say like, oh, you can't come by all your way out of like a gut bacteria, but you can totally come by all your way into a helpful, a healthy, happy, safe, natural birth. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. such a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. And I've been, been yeah. so blown away by it. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That's very insightful for us. And I'm going to, yeah, definitely explore those topics a bit more as well myself. If people want to work with you and this really resonated with them, where can they go and how can they connect with you? Yeah, so I encourage everybody to just get a call with me. It's on my website. It's called, there's a little button at the top of the website that says book a call. So you just go to gutsyexecutivecoach.com and there will be this little button called book a call and it will take you through a couple of steps on how to I I like to do a little assessment with everybody first before we actually meet so the there'll be a video on the page that will just it's like three minutes it's not a long video just telling you where to go to do the assessment when you make the appointment and it's really the assessment doesn't take a long time again something like under five minutes so it's just for me to kind of get a sense of where you're at what symptoms you're experiencing that I know where to kind of channel my energy and efforts and the kind of suggestions that I can make for you when we meet. So gutsyexecutivecoach.com and you can find me on Instagram as gutsyexecutivecoach and I'm on LinkedIn under my real name, Raywin Guerrero. So you can find me in those three places. Amazing. I will put all of those links in the show notes and on my website so everybody can find you super easily. And thank you so much for coming on my podcast. This was awesome. And I I just learned so much from you and I'm so encouraged by the work that you do. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for doing everything you do. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. 
Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.